0: Welcome to Imani State of Mind. I'm Dr. Imani. And I I'm make Scoop. Hey. What's up, hey girl. girl?
1: What you doing? What's you look up? cute today with your poom poom shorts.
0: Thank you. You know, <laughs> it's, I mean, honestly, I was going to say that I have on my poom poom shorts because it's hot. But, girl, I wear poom, I moved to LA specifically to wear poom poom shorts like year <laughs> round. So um, it's definitely not because it's hot. But what's up with you? How you been over the past week?
1: Girl, I'm good. I had family in town from New York, so it was just a oh, house. Did? Yes, house full of little boys, just running house around, just funky, yelling, kids everywhere, yelling. But it was really cute to see like all the little baby cousins together. So
0: that's was nice. Good. No, that's that's super nice. Uh, well, where in New York did they come from?
1: Uh, Flushing. Bas- okay, Queens. I, oh, no, Bayside. Yeah, Queens and then New Jersey. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, that makes me kind of like homesick a little bit. But let me stop <laughs> lying. I've been in LA for like almost 20 years. Um
1: What you been doing?
0: I mean chilling. Clearly wearing poom poom shorts. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Working on my tan. I am super excited about this show. Me too. But I am a little bit weirded out because it is it's gonna be like September. Like, girl, like, (laughs) Like, where
1: did the time go? This year's over. over.
0: I feel like it was June and then all of a sudden it's going to be like October. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I I do like this time of the year because it's kind of like relatively like slowish. But then, of course, Mm -hmm. as you know, the news always brings some drama. I've seen some really like crazy stuff this week. Uh, I know you were saying something about there was a little boy. And people was putting stuff yes. in his hair or something?
1: Girl, it was on uh, like ESPN. They were covering this little... I guess... I, I don't know if it was a Little League game or just a regular baseball game and Little Leaguers were there. But either way, it was these Little League boys, white boys, taking the stuffing mm. out of like their little um, stuffed animals. You know, the mm-hmm. white filling that looks like cotton. And they were all putting it on this little boy, black boy's head that's their teammate. And he was just sitting there. Like, the look on his... If he was like laughing, I'd have been like, okay, this seems a little weird. But his the look on his face was he was not happy about it. He was just sitting there kind of sad as they're just putting all this cotton looking stuff on his head. And and then and it, what makes it worse is that the announcer was like, Oh, that's little leaguers being little leaguers. You know what? Listen. <laughs> what? Since what are little Leaguers, like racism goes hand in hand with little league? What do you mean? I mean,
0: okay. Now that that is horrendous and horrible, yeah. and I feel really bad for that little boy. And I'm sure. I mean, mentally, that is so degrading, and it's so angering. I just, I just feel so terrible. I know that affected his mental health. One thing that has affected my mental health, and I can say this kind of in jest, but not really, is um. So we all know that J Lo and Ben Affleck got married. Mm -hmm. um and i'm like you know that's great happy for y'all i know this is you know y'all second go round, whatever um do y'all know that they about to get married on a plantation
1: wait so wait this their official wedding is going to happen on a plantation
0: yes so they got that they had their little quickie vegas wedding and now they about to be married on a plantation in georgia girl Mike so okay I have so so many questions <laughs> so okay so first okay so let me tell so let me tell you what what at least what what I've read so ben affleck as some of you may know and you might know this too megan remember remember not um not that long ago a few years ago henry louis gates had that show About like people, like like stars would come on his show and he would um, find their genealogy, like do their genealogy for them. The show would, not him specifically. And Ben Affleck's uh, ancestors were slave owners. And so he wrote the show and was like, please, please, y'all don't have this on the show. And they aired it anyway because it's Henley Lewis Gates show ultimately, and they aired it anyway. And everybody was like, Ben Affleck, like the thing is, is that like that's part of the issue. The part of the problem is that you, as a white man, like you're so, like, it's not about hiding the fact that this was a part of your history, it's about discussing right. it and how you can admit that it was wrong. And when you don't admit the, when you don't say those things out loud and you don't admit to it today, th- exactly. that's a part of your history. You are in a lot of ways endorsing it, right? And so exactly. that show came out way before he, Ben Affleck, purchased a property in Georgia. The person whose property it was before specifically said, I want a plantation style estate. So Ben Affleck had this, ha- has this property in Georgia. He's going to marry J-Lo. Their second official wedding is supposed to be at this property. Apparently, there are also, there's, I think there's slave quarters on this property, but also there is a slave cemetery, like slave burial ground on the cemetery. Now, the reason why I brought this up is, yes, Ben Affleck is a white man. Um, we're actually going to talk about the black experience on this show, which is uh, one of my favorite topics because I'm a black person and I have experience. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but with that being said, this is, it, it, Ben Affleck is a white man. So I, I and he has proven in the past that when it comes to the concept of whiteness and upholding. Um, certain facets of white supremacy, such as not discussing the fact that you had, uh, slave owning ancestors. I expect that from him. From JLo, who is Puerto Rican through and through, Puerto Ricans, many of them, if not the majority or most of them have African ancestry. Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans are part of the African diaspora. And so for me, I'm like, girl, what are you doing?
1: And like, is it is it is she okay with them getting married there because that's his home? And it's like, okay, we're getting married at home.
0: That ain't his real for real
1: house. That's but, just no, the I'm house saying, he got. I agree. With you. I'm saying is that is that why she's okaying it and she hasn't said anything because in her head this is like, oh, this is our house. Like we're getting Girl, married at home. <laughs> I don't know.
0: All I, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. They were gonna get married there before when they Ooh. were first engaged. And from what I read this morning, they were going to build. They were planning on building a church there. Now, somewhere in here, I'm just like, "Girl, J Lo, wh- like, where? Wh- what? Like, what side are you on?"
1: Yeah, there. I mean, there has to be some kind of preservation of, like, you know, this is sacred ground where Decency. these slaves are, are are buried. You know, the slave court. Like, what are you going to do with the slave courts? Are people just going to be walking up in there like, ha ha? This is like, like, what are? <laughs> Are you going to make it a museum? And like, is there...
0: Listen, let me tell you something. You want to hear some wild shit? So, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, when they got married at the plantation, there are slave cabins, a row of intact slave cabins there that are that's called, quote-unquote, Slave Street. <gasps> Girl, Slave Street. Now, look, they apologize. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds apologize, whatever, but I'm... Look, I'm putting you like this. I don't... Fuck with Ryan Reynolds because of that. Like my Mm -hmm. blackness cannot allow me to. Like I haven't seen Deadpool. I know everybody loved it. My son watched it. I was like, my blackness cannot. Like I I can't can't do that. Um, But in any case, girl, this week while it's been kind of maybe slow in terms of like it's late summer, it's been really chill. These people have been out here in these streets acting a whole goddamn fool, and we gonna talk about it. Yes. On this show, on this show today, which I'm really excited to talk about because this show we're actually going to be talking about the realities of being black in America. So I'm really excited Um, to talk about that. But listen, there's some really fun news that me and Meg want to tell you guys about. So Crooked Media, our production company, has partnered with comfortable, sustainable shoe brand, Karayuma. And Karayuma's created two awesome pairs of shoes that listeners of the show, Imani State of Mind, will definitely love. One design features an all over, I voted sticker print. And one is a white pair that says no steps back on the side, Right. That's cute. Um, now, me and Meg have our shoes. They're really cute. You Hang can on. order your pairs today in the Crooked Store. And always a portion of the proceeds from these shoes and any item you buy in the Crooked Store goes to Vote Riders. And that's the leading organization focused on voter ID registration. So check out both designs and claim your pair at crooked.com forward slash kicks. So, we, as I said before, we're going to talk about the realities of being Black in America. Me and Megan are super hype. And we just want to remind you guys that if you're loving the show, and I know you guys are, please let us know by rating the show on your favorite podcast app. So we're going to get into the show. We have so much to talk about. So let's just go ahead and start the show. Okay, it's time for Ask Dr. Imani Anything. We
1: love hearing from you. Meg, who's our first letter from today? It is from London Nicole, and she writes Hey, ladies. Hey, girl. It's your very single listener here, or should I say, little miss forever single. I think I'm broken. I tell all my friends I have no problem getting a man, but every problem keeping them. Whenever things start going good, I find some way to sabotage it. I don't know how to not bring my past insecurities or relationship problems into the new relationship. I overthink every text exchange, every call and interaction, to the point I will wake up in the middle of the night overthinking. My friends say I put all my eggs in one basket way too fast, but I have a fear of being alone. It's almost an obsession daily on figuring out how not to be alone. Diagnose me, please, so I can start working on my problems and stop running these men away.
0: (laughs) Okay, um, London (laughs) Nicole. First of all, this letter is hilarious, and this also sounds like me back when I was very, very single. I mean, I you know I I joke. Every woman has like
1: had a a, a, like everybody can identify with this at some point in their life, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like when I when I was living in New York and I always joke on here that like I was running these streets, but I I was for the most part running these streets. I was the same way. Like I Like, I like being alone, but there's a difference between like being alone in the summertime and being alone when it's like snowing outside. And this was back when I was living in New York. And so, you know, you really like winter boo season is real. And it's like, oh, it's the fall. I got to find somebody. Like, I need to grab somebody quick because I do not like sleeping in this big ass bed that it will get cold. Like, I remember legit, like I had male friends, like we were just friends. Like there was nothing romantic going on and there'd be times where like they would come over or. I'd go to their house in the dead of winter in New York just so that we could be warm together. Like nothing happened. Where
1: was y'all's heaters? Why did y'all need to have bodies? Because
0: it's I, like I just we definitely had heat. I had heat in my <laughs> house, but it's just like, okay, it's like I be in the bed and let's say it's like February in New York, and where I'm sleeping, like it's warm. But then when I go to stretch my legs out, it be cold. That shit be oh, that shit is depressing. I'd be like, damn, I'm <laughs> all along. <laughs> all on up in his bed. So sometimes, like, me me and my male friends, my, my uh, platonic male friends, we would do that every so often. Like, bitch, just call. Like, you won't come over? Because <laughs> this is, like, I do not feel like this shit is terrible. So anyway, back to you, London Nicole. So here's the thing. Like Meg said, I think we all go through a similar type of, you know, season, if you will, in our lives. Honestly, I can't diagnose you because... It just kind of sounds like you may be going through any number of things and you may just need to talk to somebody about it. I'm going to um,
1: diagnose her. London, okay. I'm a to diagnose Oop, you as, okay, being bored, as being bored. As being bored. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. London, you're bored, girl. It's that you need to go volunteer, girl. You have too much time on your hands. If you have every text exchange, every call, every interaction, waking up in the middle of the night, girl, you don't have enough going on. Like personally, because if you did, you'd be like, I don't have time to think about. It. I gotta go to bed. Like I'm tired. I have stuff to do. There's, there's gotta. be. You're not focusing on you enough. You know what? Remember how? Okay, we did the last episode. I was like, well, I'm trying to be. You were like, I'm trying to
0: be nice about it. I was like. Uh, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> this is what this sounds like. I was trying to be nice about it. Like maybe you need therapy. Meg was like, you sound bored. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I was going to kind of say that later. I was going to say, cause, cause legit, if you're overthinking every text exchange and call and you'd be waking up in the middle of the night, like, oh my God, like girl, you need, you need something to do. So like right. volunteer, go join a gym, uh, I don't know. Like, but. What do you like? What do you yeah, like to do? That might be it too. Like, you got to focus on you first, and then whoever is worthy enough to be with you will come, you know? Like, yeah, but don't be out here chasing, you know, tail, because you're not going to get nowhere. You might My have aunt- some really nice dinners, but no. <laughs> so. And I'm,
1: I'm telling you, I can't I this. you girl. I'm
0: sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: You got my diagnosis, girl, bored. So, I, I mean, like I said, <laughs> I encourage you, find something that you like to do because that will fill up some of your time. You're still probably going to feel that, you know, like, Emptiness. what's wrong with me? Because You know, because we always think about that. I remember when I, when I first moved to L.A., I was super single for, like, years because I was working four jobs, hustling, trying to make my dreams come true. So I didn't have a lot of time to be with anybody, but it didn't take away the feeling of, like... Why am I by myself? I'm, you know, I see other people flourishing in their relationships, and I got nothing. And mm. I just remember crying in my bed, like, why I gotta be so lonely? Why I can't like, where's my happy ending? You know, I remember thinking all these things. But then, you know what happened? Like, how it actually, I guess, my singleness ended. It ended when I started getting so busy, and my life started getting so full. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I started really concentrating on me and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Then it was just, like, everything just kind of falls into place. But if you're waiting for that, you're going to get every sorry yeah. dude that was not meant for you. You're going to have a whole lot of issues with men that you're going to have to talk about years from now with your homegirls. Like, you don't want those stories. So just yeah. do you. Live your life. Focus on what you want to do. Find a hobby. Find someone to help. I mean, whatever you can do, girl. And then your, your boo will come. Yeah,
0: exactly. I can attest to that. Because after... I separated from my husband, I was just doing me and I mean, I knew the person that I'm with now for longer than I actually knew my ex-husband, but, um, but that really was when I think I was ready and I was, I mean, I was filming a show, I was working out all the time, I was working full time, like I was just doing me, like I had my whole day planned, um, and I really wasn't thinking about a relationship like that. So, yeah, I would, you know, I would honestly, you know, just like Meg said, like, get, find, like, do you, girl, like, find some hobbies. Cause, because thinking about this, it sounds like to me, London Nicole, is kind of like a hobby in and of itself for you. And you need to find a more productive hobby. So that's what I would. That's the advice I'd give. I can't diagnose you, but I mean, Megan said you bored. <laughs>
1: Ask yourself why you're afraid of being alone. That is important. Because right. you said yep, you put you is. move way too fast. Why are you so afraid of being alone? What about aloneness is scary to you? Right.
0: Because there's aloneness and there's loneliness. And they're two yeah. separate things. Yeah. I like being alone. Like... <laughs> I'm like, ooh, yeah, now I get to just like chill and spread out and, you know, play with my plants and w- whatever." Um, so uh, so London Nicole, thank you so much for your letter. Let us know how, let us know what hobbies you pick up, okay? Yes, girl. Like for real, let us know, okay?
1: Okay, our next letter comes from a listener by the name of Anita. She says, "What's up, Dr. Imani and Meg? I first have to say thank you for creating a show that I can really relate to as a black woman." Because of the show, I'm trying to embrace who I am, encourage more healthy conversations, and prioritize my mental health. With that being said, I am struggling with being labeled the angry Black woman at work. It's like if I speak up about something bothering me at work or address my coworkers, they immediately tell me I'm angry, upset, or worked up. And that then does get me worked up. To avoid being labeled the angry Black woman, I've started to lose my voice at work and just not speaking up at all. I'm starting to feel hopeless and depressed at work because I don't feel comfortable speaking up with the fear of being labeled as angry. It's to the point I get physically sick Sunday nights thinking about having to go to work on Monday. I can't let this fear take over me anymore, but feeling lost on how to find the balance of having confidence at work to do my job and not being labeled the angry black girl.
0: Who okay. Now, this is a lot. Okay. And I'm going to do kind of what I do when letters can be like when there's a lot packed into one letter. So I'm going to kind of go through it line by line, but I'm going to kind of like jump around. So you're struggling with being labeled the angry black woman at work. Okay, stop. So first of all, you're a black woman in the United States. You're going to be The angry black woman, whether you like it or not. Like it's, you could be the sweetest person. You could walk in baking people cookies, rubbing people feet all day. You would still be the angry black woman. It doesn't matter. That's just, unfortunately, the stereotype that we have to carry, right? So- I know in, in every business situation, I am I mean, that's just how they're going to look at me. And so I'm just like, whatever, not like whatever, well, I'm a beat at, but just like, you know, well, if you feel that way, that's fine. But once you start to speak to me, you know, if I get angry about something, I'll tell you why. But, you know, it's really going to have to be on the other person and the other person's issues in terms of, you know, how they, how they take me. That being said, so you're struggling with being labeled angry black woman. All right, they're going to think of you as angry regardless. Now, when your coworkers immediately tell you that you're angry, uh, upset, or worked up, then that does get you worked up as it should. It's like telling somebody who's mad, you need to calm down, right? Like that, it's not going to work. Like that's not going to work. So it sounds like a lot of what you're dealing with is just you're dealing with. Being bombarded by the concept of whiteness in your job, which is that you as a Black woman are having to navigate and deal with what racism truly does represent in our society, which is that it has... It is baked into the laws. It's baked into our culture. It's baked into our language. It's baked into our clothes. It's baked into our thinking. So it's really not up to you to change the minds of your coworkers. It's really up to you to just keep being the beautiful Black woman that you are. Right, yep. and if for some reason, listen, if you getting you you just said you wrote, I get physically sick Sunday nights thinking about having to go to work Monday. Okay, Anita, you probably should start looking for another job. Yeah, because this is toxic. Like this is like you are getting sick. I've been in a similar situation. I left. Now I'm not going to say that. I mean, it wasn't the most ideal situation because then I was kind of broke afterwards. But I did have my. <laughs> I did have my. Like, my my mind was clear. Like, it was very difficult for me to go to work. I was getting headaches and grinding Mm -hmm. my teeth, and I was like, I'm going to kill this woman. Like, it just, it's not, it is, I've said this on the show before, and it's something that my mom has said to me a million times before, but she was like, you will get an ulcer before I do, and that's my motto. Like, you will get sick before I get sick off of your dumb shit, and that's just that. So... I'm not saying you should quit your job immediately. I'm just saying you should really like look into finding other places of employment because this is not a good place for you. Any, I, First of all, anywhere where there are people, there are white folks coming up to you telling you, well, you angry, that's an HR call. Like right. I'm going to HR, like this is ridiculous. <laughs> and you might've done that. And listen, I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that. I mean, I've met some raggedy HR people too. So it may not be just that. It may not be that, like, oh, you know, you you went through all the steps that you were supposed to go through in the in the in the employee handbook, and they still just acting raggedy. You need to leave. Yeah, I just I I, I hate hearing that you are lacking confidence at your job, and that confidence, you know, is you know could be. Of negatively affecting your 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 work. Like, don't ever let anybody steal your shine. It just sounds mm-hmm. like you're not at the right job. So... Yeah. Yeah, Meg, what are you saying?
1: I mean, I... Well, I'll say this. So, you know, my... I, I also work at All Deaf, which is a Black-owned company on my culture genesis. And I'm known there <laughs> as the angry woman because everybody's just Black, right? So <laughs> w- what I've learned is... When people think a certain thing about you, you just let them think it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, your work speaks for itself. If you if you do good work, okay, okay. then guess what? They're gonna be working with this angry quote unquote black woman because I do good work. <laughs> right. I do good work. And at the and that's what matters. And you know, you know you're not an angry person. They don't know that maybe they're they don't have experience with black people. Maybe you know it might be a communicate. Maybe it's a regional thing. You know what I'm saying? That might not have nothing to do with your color, but for them, sometimes they don't understand. Like this is the vernacular, and this is how I speak. Right. But this has nothing to do with anger. It's just how I communicate. Sometimes it's, it's when you perceive that, and you and if it's if it's that, then it doesn't feel as harsh. But I, I get you, girl. Just do your work. Keep your head down. Probably find a new job because they clearly don't don't uh, recognize who you are and what you bring. So do you do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel healthy because going to work is physically sick because of what these people are saying about you is never okay. Mm. And that goes for any label.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I do it. Listen. As a native New Yorker who is always like, well, tell me to my face, I do respect the fact that these people are telling you to your face, but at yeah. the same time, you can't get slapped. You know what I'm saying? Like Just <laughs> because you want to express yourself does not mean that there's no repercussions. So it's like, oh, you angry. Like, oh, for real? You want to see, you want to see how angry I can get? Because you're acting very raggedy today. So, Anita, thank you for your letter. I'm sorry you yes. got to deal with these raggedy ass people at your job. Yes, um, feel free to obviously take Megan's advice, feel free <laughs> to look for another job. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm like getting hot up in here just like thinking about this because this is a little triggering for me from one of my previous jobs. But girl, we just want the best for you. So yes. you know, but like legit, don't let nobody steal your shine. Like you like do do your work, and you know, just tell all these other people that they can just you know, I don't know. I I just like when people call me angry, I double down. I'm like, oh for real? Am I? You want to see, like I'm, but, but I'm very. Con- I, I got problems. I'm very conversational. So. <laughs> oh, you want to
1: see? You, wanna Yo, you see want? Angry? You want?
0: Oh, am I angry? For real? You want to see how angry I can get? Like, let's do this. Um, but Anita, for real, like I, I just, I don't want to think about you. You know, feeling bad about yourself because there are some raggedy people at your job. Okay. Um, so, so, good luck to you. And if you can, let us know how you're doing. And if you, you know, if you, you're about to embark on a job search, like let us know. Let us know. Thank you Anita and thank you London Nicole for submitting your questions to Imani State of Minds. I hope that me and Meg were able to help you guys. Today's questions really had me thinking about how I want this show to continue to be the conversation starter surrounding mental health in the black community. And I can't wait for today's conversation. It is stressful to be a black person in America, listen, and I want to normalize us being able to talk to each other about it right after the break. Imani State of Mind is brought to you by Parents. So I can't be the only one who cringes every time I look in the mirror and see a new wrinkle or crease starting to form on my face, right? And that's when I found out about Cellular Hydration Serum by Parents. And let me just say, Cellular Hydration Serum is a total game changer when it comes to hydrating and rejuvenating your skin. It contains this wonderful tremella mushroom extract that's even more effective at hydrating your skin than hyaluronic acid. Yet it's 100% organic, and all natural. It fills in those fine lines and wrinkles, lightens those dark under eye circles, and restores that gorgeous dewy glow like you had when you were younger. And all it takes is a couple luxurious dabs each day. Cellular hydration serum is an absolute must-have for your skincare routine, especially if you want to nourish your skin with the highest quality, all-natural ingredients. And as a listener of our show, you can try cellular hydration serum risk-free today, and get a free contouring facial massage roller with your first order. This facial roller will boost absorption and maximize your results. Go to appearance.com forward slash mind to learn more. That's p u r e a n c e dot com forward slash mind. Again, that's Purance.com forward slash mind to purchase cellular hydration serum and receive your free massage roller. Your skin deserves the best. Go to Purance.com forward slash mind to get started. That's P U R E A N C E dot com forward slash mind. Imani State of Mind is brought to you by Karayuma. Look, you already know we're freaks for Karayuma shoes. They look cool, they're comfortable, they're available in both bold prints and neutral colors that John and Tommy can wear without getting scared. Now, we're excited to announce that Crooked and Karyuma have collaborated to launch our own co-branded OCA low tops in two designs that we think you'll really love. These sneakers are everything you love about both Crooked and Cariuma. They're made ethically and sustainably from organic cotton canvas, natural rubber, cork, and recycled plastics. And every pair you buy plants two trees in the Brazilian rainforest through Cariuma's in-house ecological restoration program. They're just as good on the outside with two wares to wear your progressive values. One shoe has an all over I voted sticker print that our design team knocked out the park. And the other is a classic white sneaker with the words, no steps back. It's a timely political rallying cry. It's a subtle shoe pun. So what more do you want? As always, a portion of the proceeds from these shoes and any item you buy from the crooked store goes to vote riders, the leading organization focus on voter ID. They inform citizens of the state's voter ID requirements and help them secure the documents they need to vote. And you can support them just by picking up some new Crooked Kicks. You can check out both designs and claim your pair at crooked.com forward slash kicks. Join Josie Tota, Alicia Pascual pena and Yasmin Hamidi three fearless young actresses, disruptors, and best friends as they navigate the issues that affect their lives on Crooked's newest podcast, Dare We Say. From hookup culture and social media to structural racism and LGBTQ plus rights, the girls are leaving no stone unturned and no DM unread when it comes to discussing what matters. They won't shy away from diving deep into controversial topics that are important to their generation. The girls even turn to their elders, actors, activists, comedians, experts, politicians, and 26-year-olds in an attempt to understand the world their generation was handed and what they can do to improve it. We promise you don't want to miss this show. So grab your kombucha, your iced coffee, and your 17 other beverages and catch a new episode of Dare We Say every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. With less than 100 days until the midterms, it's safe to say midterm madness is setting in. You can find all new Vote Save America tees and hats in the Crooked Store. Look, we aren't the ones who decided to politicize baseball hats, but ours comes in cuter colors. Whether you're repping the West, Midwest, East, or South, we've got something for you. A portion of every single order on the Crooked Store goes to Vote riders the leading organization focused on informing citizens of their state's voter ID requirements and helping them secure the documents they may need to vote. So check out crooked.com forward slash merch for the latest drop, then head to votesaveamerica.com to find out how to get involved and do your part in the lead up to this year's midterms. Welcome back. So we are going to be discussing the realities of being black in America. And this is something that myself and Meg are obviously intimately familiar with because we are both yes. black and we're both black women. So here's, here's something that I often, well, I don't, wouldn't say that I often think about it, but like I live in a white neighborhood. And I'm cool with my, with my neighbor, with my neighbors. Like, they cool. Like, you know, they, they like my low Wu-Tang sign and they're like, oh, that's so cool. Whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, haha, okay, fine, whatever. But. I there are certain things that I knew when I moved into this uh, neighborhood that I wanted to make sure. Like I'm like I need for y'all to know this is a black house, okay? Yeah. I don't want for you all to think that I'm here. Like I'm here to simply assimilate. Like I'm here. Like if I could live in another part of LA, I would. But my son's schools just happen to be um, close to here, like right down the mm-hmm. street. So that's why I live out here. Um, and also my parents kind of live down the street too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I, but I say all that to say that I've always wanted to make sure that I, as a black person in America was that, that, that I was always able to express myself and, and let other people know, like, I am a, I am black. Like, this is, this is me. Like, this is also a part of America. And it always drives me crazy when like, there are certain trigger words for me. Like when people are like, oh, the heartland of America or the real America, I'm like, oh, so you, you mean white people? That's what you mean? Like you mean like <laughs> the real know, America.
1: Whatever. Oh, you mean with the natives? Because that is okay. Child, that is the real America. <laughs> that's that's what I'm this talking alien. about. This
0: yeah, right. Like I'm like, I ain't even supposed to be here. And actually, these white folks ain't either. So right. um, but I think that's why you know there there have been previous friends of mine who are like, Imani, you always talk about race and you always want to make something racial. And I'm like, well, this country was built on the backs of slaves and yeah. it affects me every day. I'm like, there's so many things that people who are not black, let's just say white folks, don't have to think about like yeah. at all. Like, you know what I thought about when um, COVID first hit? I was like, okay, so we're going to have to wear masks So, like, if somebody, I mean, I knew that we all would be wearing masks, but I was like, I wonder if, like, if I go into Trader Joe's, are these white people going to be freaked out because they can't see my face? Right. Like, there are so many little things that, like, white people, for example, like, they just don't think about because they've never had to, you know, on a larger scale, my son is about to learn how to drive and
1: I have to have that talk with him. And 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 the and the fact that I like as black people when you say that talk I already know what that talk is you already know and, and it's it's sad that we we have to know what that means
0: exactly exactly and I also remember a few years ago when white people discovered what the that talk or the talk meant and I was like okay you you could calm down they're like that's crazy I'm like yeah mm-hmm. we know we know and that's All why right. yeah exactly and that's why it's so important to talk about what, what it's like to be black in America, because for, when you go, when you go overseas, when it comes to black folks, it's, you know, it's sports entertainment. Like that's, that's mostly what it is. And so I've had friends and family members who have gone overseas and I remember, Oh my God. I just remember this. My parents were telling me the other day that when they went to, they went to the Olympics, I think they were in China, maybe. This was a long time ago. Yes, it was China. It was Beijing. And <laughs> my dad, if you see if you ever saw my dad, my dad is a very chocolatey dark-skinned man, okay? Mm-hmm. These people over there in China thought he was Will Smith. And so he was signing autographs like, "Okay then." <laughs> and my mom was like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "They think I'm Will Smith, so I guess I'm going to be Will Smith today." So here. <laughs> Like, but I mean, basically, like if you're going to, I mean, I, I felt about this it was kind of like, if you're going to infringe upon my space, then I'm going to, you know, like, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give it back to you. So I just, I just, I, I say all that to say that it's important for people, even people in this country who are not black, to get an idea of what it is like to be black in America, because we are still considered like other, you know what I mean? Th- that that's one part, but but the but that's kind of like the tip of the iceberg. The majority of the iceberg when it comes to you know, just blackness and being black in America, a lot of it is a lot of it has been us trying to come up with I guess mechanisms to cope, like like yeah. coping skills to deal with what we have to worry about on a daily basis. And despite the fact that black doesn't crack. Um, you know, despite the fact that you know fillers and Botox exist for me, um <laughs> you know we like we yeah like we you may not be able to see our pain, but for a lot of us, just even like i'll give you an example i I just got a new car, it's an electric vehicle, and in l a or in California, you can drive in the carpool lane if you have an, an, an electric vehicle. I was on some thread, some Reddit thread about electric vehicles. And you could, I could tell these were white dudes because these white dudes were like, "Oh yeah, you have to have decals to to drive in the uh, carpool lane." And these white dudes were like, "Oh yeah, I don't want to mess up my paint. I don't want to put it on my car, so I don't I don't put them on. And if a cop pulls me over, I just I just open up my glove. I open up my glove box and I pull them out right. and I just show them the decals. Do you understand? how like there are so many steps that that if i were in the same position i could be shot at anyone at any point right so i'm in the right. wrong i'm in the, the i'm in the wrong lane or i'm in the right lane but i don't have my decals on i'm gonna get pulled mm. over i can get shot now i'm reaching for glove boxes are you serious
1: right i can't do that
0: i can't do that so let me tell you my car got all the decals okay i got all the stickers i'm not Playing games. I'll be in the carpool lane, like all just all kinds of yellow stickers all over all over the place. Cause I'm like, I ain't getting, I'm not getting in trouble today.
1: It's like stuff like that that you don't think about. For example, selling a house, right? Mm -hmm. You have a house, you want to sell your house. It should just be easy to just say, okay, you know, I'm I'm gonna have somebody come and appraise my house. They're gonna give me a fair amount, and that's it, right? That's not the Mm -hmm. case if you're black. Because there's been at least two, like I know recently in the news, there's been two instances where black families have their pictures up. The appraiser comes, says their house is like $400,000, right? Mm. They know their house is worth more because they've seen the houses in their neighborhood. They remove anything that resembles a black family, get a new appraiser. The house is now $750,000. How is it $300,000 more? And the only thing you did was take away your black pictures.
0: Listen, I, when I, when I've moved, I mean, I had my realtor tell me this, but I was like, dude, you ain't got to tell me that. I take down everything, everything. Like I even will have a stager come in. I'm like, I need for you to make this as white as possible. Like, <laughs> like I'll put up a little Febrezes because I mean, cause you know, when you go into a black home, it smells different. Yeah. Like it smells like black people, like it smells like it smells I like mean love. I'm, it's like it's, love. It's, good yeah, it smells seasoning. like seasoning and coconut oil or, or cocoa <laughs> yep. butter. And I'm yep. like, I need for you to open these windows. I need for you to Febreze this out. I don't want no I want one of these people to know that a black person with a with an Arabic name lives in this house, (laughs) lives in this house. And, you know, like, like I would never be there when like people were, I mean, I would never want to be there when people were walking through my house, even though I want to sell it because I get really weird about stuff like that. Like, get out of my house. Um, But yeah, you have to whitewash it. You have to whitewash it. And I saw that most, the story you were talking about, the most recent story that I saw involved a couple that they're both professors for at Johns Hopkins University. Yeah. And, and I mean, and here, and here's, here's the thing that's messed up. In my mind, I know it's wrong, but I am always like, I have this issue sometimes with like, we all do with playing devil's advocate. And so I'm not saying I believe this, but I'm re- I was reading the story and then I was saying, well, why didn't you just get your white friend to do it? And that's not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. That's not the right. point. The point is right. is that this is a house, there's equity in it. I want to sell it. Tell me how much it's worth. Like that's th- like that like that's it. That's I mean, let me calm down. It's kind of like what I was discussing at the beginning of the show in terms of like there's a difference between there's white people, there's whiteness, and there there are two separate situations. One of my favorite shirts that I've seen recently is um it it's a it's it's a shirt that, that my boyfriend has and it's it says whiteness is violence. And no one's really ever said anything about it, but like on the on the occasion that like this one white dude did, like he was just like, Well, listen, if you have an issue with it, like you're part of the problem. Like, I'm not saying white people are evil or terrible. Um I mean, he was like, basically he was like, here here's the deal. You can be black and ascribe to whiteness. You can be Asian and ascribe to whiteness, you can be white and ascribe to whiteness. It's not about White people are evil and all inherently terrible. It's about whether you as a person uphold the tenets of white supremacy right and it shouldn't have to be about well, I have to take all all my black accoutrements out of my black ass home, but that's just the way that you know this world works unfortunately,
1: and it's also like saying black lives matter <laughs> means that I'm saying white lives lives are wh- like don't. It, it's it, it's not that's that's ascribing to whiteness. Mm. Is that you can you should be able to be a white person and go okay, I'm white, but I don't if I'm not racist, I don't ascribe to these things, and I can speak against that. I don't, and I don't know if you know because I've had some conversations with some of my white friends. I'm from Kentucky, so there's you know there's a lot of white people who are cool with black people, but maybe don't realize some of the things that they're doing are very racist or, or definitely whiteness and so I've had these conversations with some of my friends and I realized like some people really don't know you know and I I hate to say that and it's sad but you know I've I've at least had like even today when I posted this story about um the black boy getting the cotton in his hair with by the white kids I I put in there hello hey white friends dm me if you don't understand Mm. why this is wrong and I did get a couple dms like okay Megan and you know oh, I like I, not with that face though. <laughs> oh no. Uh-uh. I I you know I and I like I always breathe through it because while it's not my responsibility to explain to you um you know the black experience or explain to you why this is racist I do it because there are some people who actually learn mm. who actually want to learn. Now if I mm-hmm. see you just you just, that's not racist. That Okay, well, that I have nothing to say to you. But yeah, yeah. if you're genuinely trying to understand because you've lived in this white bubble and nobody's ever challenged your whiteness to your face and you have no clue, but you're willing to learn, then I'm, I'm willing to have the conversation with you.
0: You better than me. I'll say this. There are people like Megan who definitely, you know, have the patience to be able to, <laughs> I guess, have those kinds of conversations. Um, then there's people like me who do don't like. I just. I. I. I'm, not, I'm like. I'm. I don't want to. I, I guess I feel like this. There was a time where I definitely was more willing to have a conversation, um, about that. But I think as I'm getting older, I like all of my conversations. Like I've had all the conversations I want to have. Like I'm yeah. like I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about this anymore. And the fact that I, as a black person, have to know more about white people than, than white people know about me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like go Google that shit. I don't know. Like, I'm not (laughs) like, I'm not like, bitch, I'm not a book. Like I'm not like, I just like, it's just, it's stuff like that. That just, okay. You, okay. You want to know? I just remember this. The day that I stopped explaining I just, I just remember, I was like, on this day, November 5th, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> I was at a gas station in LA and I was, you know, filling up my car and I got out the car and this white woman came up to me. And I had, like, I don't have any hair, but sometimes I'll wear, like, you know, like, head wraps. And so mm-hmm. she was like, oh, my God. She was like, you look so great. I was like, thank you. I also kind of have a thing about, like, random, like, white woman coming up to me and being like, oh, my God. Because I feel kind of, like, um objectified. But in any case, sometimes compliments are nice. So she was like, oh, you look so nice. I was like, thank you. And she was like, she was like, so she's like, can I ask you a question? I was like, here we go. I was like, girl, girl, <laughs> Here we, what, go. What? Here here we go. go. Here we go. Here we go. And she was like, she was like, where are you from? I was like, Syracuse. She was like, no, like, where are you from? I was like, bitch, I was born in Syracuse, New York. Like, I was born in upstate New York. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And she was like, well, where's your family from? I was like, why? Because I was like, I could tell you, but I'm not, I'm like, I was like, why are you asking? She was like, well, she was like, I'm guessing that like you, your family is probably from like East Africa. I was like, do you know anything about the slave trade? I was like, my family right. is not from East Africa. I was like, girl, bye. I just left. I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm like, that is the, on today's date. This is the last day I'm even entertaining this, and that's why I'm saying there are people who are more willing to do that. I'm just not one of those people. I'm I'm like I've I'm not. I, I have no interest. Like I'm like I I, right. I don't want to do I don't want to do switch on no more because it always turns into like especially with this woman. She was like she was gonna tell me. I was like, oh, you you're gonna, gonna tell, tell me. You, you yeah. gonna tell you're me. From oh,
1: yeah. Okay. You're from Eritrea. You're, I was you're like, from I am
0: not. I was like, bitch, I told you I'm from Syracuse, New York. Get out of here. Get out you of here. You
1: know what? See, and, and see, I had a situation like that happen to me and they were like, No, but where are you from? Bitch. From Kentucky. No, where are you from? Because you know, sometimes most white people They're don't like, You too exotic. Me. Right. The, most white people don't even know I'm mixed. They just think I'm black, but they don't right. know. There's like, I can't tell. Something's, uh, some. Something, sure. something, I don't know. You know what I said? I was like, okay, well, cool. Where are you from? And the chick was like, like somewhere in Wisconsin. And I was like, no, 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 but where are you from? Right, like, right. where are your people from? She was like, oh, yeah, like Wisconsin and like Montana. And like, and I was like, no, 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 but like, where are you guys? Because this is like, are you guys Native American or are you from like some European country? Right. And she was like, oh, like, <laughs> like it's like the light bulb click.
0: Uh, right, like what oh. she was trying to
1: ask me, and I'm like, okay, do you see? Like, do you understand? Right. I can't say that because all of us are not from here. Unless you are Native American, you're not from here. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So don't, don't ask me, where, where are you from? I'm from here, just like you from here, right? Right. Like, get- <laughs> we both so from the same place. All that we say- both got ancestors from somewhere else. Exactly.
0: All that to say, like, being black in America, whether you're black or white or, or not— Everyone knows it can be a very difficult time. Our mental health is very precious and it's not something that we've often paid attention to um, just culturally. I am happy though to see, like honestly, as much shit as like older generations always will talk about younger generations, I've seen more people who were so averse to therapy Mm-hmm. Let's say who yeah. are of an older generation, like older than me. They're now like, you know what? Maybe I will see a therapist, and I, and I think and I I think that's something we can really owe to like people who are you know younger than me. I'm Gen yeah. X, I guess. So like yeah. Gen Z, millennials, like all like all of them, like y'all really did the the work to really get all of us to realize especially as black folks because historically we we you know why we don't talk about it we don't talk about it because when we were indentured we were told not to talk about it. We couldn't complain. And so that became the norm. But be- And because you keep doing something that becomes, quote unquote, normal to you, you perpetuate it, like whiteness. Like, yeah. like we will, in a lot of cases, uphold tenets of whiteness. Like, real talk, Megan, how many girls on your Instagram feed look like um, a Kardashian who are black? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> so many. So like, many. Wait, are
1: you? Are you? I'm
0: like, why you look like this? I'm I'm like, you ain't Armenian. I'm like, girl, if you don't get out of here, I'm like, this, I'm like, okay, all right. But, but I, but, but that's kind of what I mean. It becomes so normal that you just ascribe to it because that's what you see. And also, you get rewarded for that, right? You don't like, we, we as black folks really were never rewarded for being honest and open and discussing our issues and the pain that we have. And now we're able to talk about it more. So I'm I'm like, there have been, the majority of my life, I've been really proud of Black people, but this is definitely a time in the past couple years where I've been really proud of us collectively as a people, because we have really been like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I do not feel good. And I am <laughs> taking a mental health day. And I don't I'll see y'all tomorrow. I don't know when I'm gonna see y'all, but i i I need to go I need to go sit down. I know that during twenty twenty I was like I cannot watch the news no more like it was just yeah, I mean I work from home and even I was like I gotta take a mental health day like I can't deal with this right now it's it's too it, it it's it's too, there's too much going on um I have a question for you though Megan
1: so how old is
0: your son is he three?
1: he's he's almost 4 yeah
0: oh my god he's almost 4 i love that time my son so my son's 15 um he's about to go into 10th grade and i was thinking recently about like okay what are some things that have changed versus haven't changed like we talked about the quote unquote the talk right mm-hmm. um about like okay if a pol- if 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 police pull you over like put your hands on the steering wheel like you know there's a whole there's there's a whole I guess roster of things you have to do if you're pulled over by the police as a black person in America. The yeah. other thing I thought about that hasn't changed is having to do better than your white counterparts.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Like that you
1: that's never going to change. That, in, that ain't in never gonna change, right? You you have, that's that you know here here's a, a one thing that I I you know I'll get back to that in a second talking about my son, but. I remember growing up, My I'm half Korean, half black. My mom's Korean, my dad's black. And the one thing that I remember them telling me, I was five years old, my mom and my dad sat me down together and told me I was black. And I remember like at that age, like I can't, you know, you don't really pr- understand race too much at that age, but I could just say like, my skin is brown, first of all. I'm not black, I'm brown. I know my crayon colors. And number two, like, Mom, you're this color and dad's this color. If I'm both of y'all, like how am I black? I don't understand. It was foreign to me, but it made I'm so glad that they said that to me and they set me down and said that to me because that helped me understand how people perceived me. And, And that's half the battle. When you understand that people are gonna look at you and say you're an angry black woman or you're this or you're that. You can understand, or or if they clutch their purse when you walk past them, you understand, like, you understand what's going on. You understand how to react, right? Mm-hmm. If my parents had never sat there and told me that, I would have been so lost because when people see me, they don't look at me and go, Megan, that Korean girl. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Like, <laughs> Unless you know me, you don't know that my mom is Korean. You may, If you know mixed people, you may say, oh, she's mixed. But you know, growing up in Kentucky where I was a lot of, around a lot of white people, they thought I was just straight black. And so mm. it, it wouldn't have helped me had my parents not sat me down, including my Korean mother, not sat me down and said, you are black. In this country, you are black and people will see you as black and you need to understand that.
0: Yeah, no, and it
1: stuck with me. And I'm so grateful they did that because that has helped me out a lot. You know, when I faced racism, blatant racism, I understood immediately what it was. Whereas I've had some friends who are mixed and they, their parents never had that talk with them. So they didn't understand why somebody was looking at them and treating them right as a black person because you are black,
0: right? Like, how dare you? Like what are you
1: talking about? Oh honey, we black and, and and that's something I you know, for my son, he's he's mostly black. He he's a little light skinned baby boy, he's so cute. I just mm-hmm. love him. He's a good boy, but he's you know, he's growing up in, in our white neighborhood, so a lot of the kids at his school are white. And yeah. you know, he said, you know, he's he's starting to understand differences. Like his hair, his hair is, when his hair gets long, it's still really like, you know, scully got a little afro. But mm-hmm. his friends, when their hair gets long, it goes down. And he was explaining that to me. And he said, oh, I like their hair. And I said, well, what about your hair? And he mm-hmm. was like, no, it's not long. I said, yes, it is. Look at it. And I had to like pull his curl because shrinkage is real. Right. I said, look at <laughs> what your hair is. Look at this. You know, I had to hype him up. And so he got happy about that. But he was like, I just wanted to lay. I said, No, no, no. No, no, no. Your hair is grows this way towards the sun. Okay? Because you are above. You are high. You're flying up here, baby. So your hair goes that way. Exactly. So like I'm trying to teach him to love, you know, himself the way he is, even though he's growing up in a place where he's just the only little brown spot (laughs) sometimes. Yeah.
0: No, it's that that's that's an important point to make because I'm black. Obviously, my son's father's Puerto Rican. He's more. He's definitely more on the fairer side um, of uh, as far as his complexion. My son is the same color as his dad, and even though he, you know, he's aware of both sides of his family, he definitely is in communication with his dad and 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 his Puerto Rican relatives. You know, I'm like, listen, you know, as far as as far as you know, we're concerned, you're you're black. And that's yeah. how people are going to treat you. Yes, you're you know a very nice, sweet person, but people, you know, I, I I I were I watched with a lot of trepidation how people would react to him once he hit puberty. Because when he was young, it was like, oh, he's so cute, and da, da da da. And then when he, you know, he's taller than me now. He like six one. He got a deep voice and hair on his face, and I'm just like, okay, I he. Truth be told, he stays home a lot. um yeah. he's a he's a homebody like me, but, yeah, I'm still kind of like uh, like i I mean he's he's going to go out in the world much more. He's only getting older, but but that that is a fear. like I knew when yeah. I was pregnant with my son, I was like, oh my God, like I wanted a boy, I wanted a son, but I also knew like what would come along with that, yeah, and that's something that. I mean, I just honestly, I just think that, <laughs> I, I mean, and, and, and it, if we can't get our 40 acres and a mule, all black people from birth need to be given, we need to be given like a, basically a savings account with like, I'm going to make up this number, $100,000, and we need life, lifelong therapy. Uh, agreed. Like, <laughs> like we could we could start there with reparations and then we can kind of, you know, like like work along the way. But um, but I say all that to say that there is a lot There's there uh, being black in America and the realities of being black in America are very um, they're very real. It can be heavy. I mean, look. But most of the time, like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I'm very happy to be black. I love being black. I love yes, just ma'am. being me and and looking in the mirror and knowing that I'll probably look the same way twenty years from now. <laughs> um, I just, I, I just like I look the same twenty years from today, uh, twenty twenty years ago. Um, uh, but i will just playing. But, but that being said, you know, it's um, it is important to always when you have the opportunity to just bask in the glow of your blackness and just Mm -hmm. let people know that we are the original, um, originated non-greater. Yes, Um, we move the culture. Okay, we always, we keep moving the culture. And aside from the fact that I still find it kind of disturbing that I see, you know, like I I see these, even some friends of mine, I see some like black women. I'm just like, girl, did you get your lips filled? (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, you know, you didn't need to do that. But but it's fine. But that being said, blackness comes in all shapes and, 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 and colors and sizes and everything. And I just, I, I love us. I love black people. I just want for us to just, you know, be the best that we can be, despite the fact that we have to deal with a lot of raggedy people on a daily basis. Yeah. So our mental health, I'm happy that we are putting it first and that we're not like sweeping under the rug and trying to, you know, uh, come up with maladaptive coping skills um, Mm -hmm. to bury it. I'm glad that we are, you know, really taking this time during this pandemic to really make ourselves better. So good job, Black folks.
1: Yes. And always remembering from whence we came, okay? Because our story did not start in America,
0: and our story, our story does not begin with slavery. Okay, It does
1: not. It does
0: not. It does I think not. We
1: always. It, it. A lot of times we get caught with that because, you know, that's what is dictated in this country. But let's let let us not forget. Yeah, we are the beginning of civilization.
0: Yes, first universities, first libraries, first everything. So everything. yeah, so. I'm proud of the people. I'm making a black fist right now. I love y'all black people. (laughs) And I love all y'all people that love black people. So so, so that being said, uh, thanks, Megan, for that awesome conversation. That's all the time that we have for our deep dive conversations today. Of course, I wish I could talk about blackness forever, please. But that being said.
1: Yes, let's switch gears and get to our favorite segment of the show, Pop Culture Diagnosis.
0: Hey, you guys. So before we get into pop culture diagnosis, we are going to be discussing suicide. So if that is triggering for you, it is a very sensitive topic. So if you would like to stop the episode or if you would like to fast forward past this part of the episode, please feel free to do so now. Okay, so let's get right into our pop culture diagnosis for this week. Meg, can you give our listeners a quick synopsis of the hit show P-Valley and the character known as Big T?
1: P Valley is my show. Down in a valley where the girls can make it. <laughs> like, that's the theme song, okay? That is the theme song. Um, this is a great show. I love it. It's a little bit on the raunchy side, so put your kids to bed when you watch it. But it's about basically strip club culture um, in the town of Chickalissa, Mississippi. It takes place at this strip club called The Pank. The Pank. The pank girl, the pink, And well, this show covers a lot of dif- different things. It covers, you know, you'll see, I think one of the progressive things about this show is that it talks about queer characters in a storyline that we've never really seen before in other shows. At least I haven't, especially in a black show. Mm-hmm. So one of the characters is named Big Teak. Now, Big Teak has just gotten out of prison. He is, you know, he's got a very deep story story. Um, about his life, but he's also the best friend of one of the main characters, Lil Murda. Now, Lil Murda is on the DL when it comes to Out in the Open. He's a big murder. He's a big uh, rap star from this town and he's blowing up, but he- nobody knows he's gay. So, mm-hmm. you know, and he's in a relationship with another one of the main characters, uh, Uncle Clifford. Now, Big Teak is his former lover, we find out. But Big Teak also has a lot of turmoil going on because he's black and he's gay. And he's, you know, he's got to to present this masculinity that is opposite of who he is. He's also grown up in poverty. He's grown up in abuse. And so all of that put together has created this this guy. And he's just dealing with a lot, dealing with a lot to the point where he commits suicide.
0: Yeah, I I, I've. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've seen all of P Valley. I've seen some of it. I saw some of the first uh, season. I think at the time I just had too many shows. Um, you know what would happen? You know what happened? P Valley came out, and like Lovecraft Country and Watchmen were out, and I was like, okay, if we talking about black folks in science fiction, bitch, like wow. I got to, I got to switch to that. Um, <laughs> but so I, I didn't finish watching the first season of P Valley, but I really did like how it was shot, and it's. It, It's something that I really wasn't aware of. This is kind of a side note. Um, It's something I really wasn't aware of until waiting to exhale when Forrest Whitaker directed that movie. And he made, I remember reading um, interviews that he gave at the time where he spoke about the lighting and how Mm -hmm. it's, how you light black skin differently. And P Valley, you're definitely in a strip club, but like the way that it's lit is really like it's it's really vibrant. And so that was one of the things that I that um I really liked. Just just it's aesthetically a really nice show to watch. When I had to kind of do a deep dive about Big Teak who we're discussing today. Even though, you know, a lot of the clips were him like, you know, getting loud and mad and whatever, like I could just see through all of that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, he's very sensitive. Like, this is a very, very sensitive dude. And knowing as I kept watching, knowing that he had been in jail, um, knowing that, you know, he also um, was trying to hide his his uh, his sexual identity. I mean, that that's something I, 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 I can't. It's something that I can't imagine having to go through, and it really just made my heart like just pour out even more for him. Um, And especially knowing that, like, basically he got to kick it with like you know his his little boo thing the whole time. His character is really really beautiful, and I Mm -hmm. especially loved reading about um, the uh, the actor, uh, the person who portrays Big Teak, John Clarence Stewart. He spoke about the fact that he also loved playing Big Teak because. He himself struggles with depression and anxiety, and it's obvious with Big Teak that you know he's he went away, I think, for 10 years, and so yeah. despite you know, like, oh, like cell phones look like this now, or styles are like this now. There's been a lot that has changed in the Black community between now and 10 years ago. Like, we have trans people, we have, you know, we have, uh, there's, there's sexual identity, there's gender identity, there's, you know, there's so many different things. I know through dealing with uh, patients of mine, and former patients of mine, that when they get out of jail or prison, it's a culture shock like it's yeah. it's it's a really to the point where sometimes they will commit crimes not with the express intent to go back in and like be incarcerated but sometimes that is what they'll do and it's like okay I feel more comfortable here because the outside yeah. world is too much
1: it's like where do I be- where do I belong you know right. I, I don't want to be in jail but I feel comfortable there cuz I've been there but I also like I want to go back to my old life but Right you know, as as the case in in this this uh, show, Big Teak goes back to his old home, and it ain't his right. old home. It's a crack house, and he's right. just kind of like, I don't know where I belong.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. It's not very difficult for me to diagnose Big Teak. I mean, he did shoot himself. He definitely had depression. I mean, I'm sure he had anxiety, just in terms of like, oh my god, who's gonna find out that I'm gay? Right. Um, you know, how do I navigate in this world that I'm not used to? And because he never felt like he fit in anywhere, that anxiety, I'm sure, existed before he went. Um, he went to jail and went to prison. Yeah. So he's just, I just, I really, really fell in love with this character. Um, yeah, me too. When he when he was about to shoot himself and he was in the car um, and he was talking to Lil Murder and he was just like, you know, like, he was like, I'm just so tired. And that's one of the things that I, when I hear people say like, oh, well, so-and-so, you know, well, this that was so selfish of her. for That was so selfish of her, for example. Yeah. Like, she just went and shot herself. And I'm like, nobody does that. Like, people... People seek to to harm themselves in that way to actually kill themselves because living is so painful. Yeah, like it's not a spiteful. I felt
1: that when he said that, man. Yeah, it's not Ooh, a spiteful
0: thing. Like yeah. killing us, it's not like oh for real. I'ma show you. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, when he said that, I was like, "Oh no!" I, I I man, I I cried a real tear and a thug
1: tear, and right. I was like,
0: "Oh man, he' about to." I was like, "No!" Right.
1: So if yeah. you hug a black man, okay, only but ask first. Don't just touch them. Yeah. But hug a black man today. <laughs> H- because-
0: hug a black man, and 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 especially hug black men who are who do not uphold the tenets of whiteness. Don't there just be go. hugging. Don't hug Clarence Thomas. Okay. <laughs> Like hug hug a real for real black person, a real for real black yes. man, okay? Because if anybody needs hugs, we we need hugs the most. Okay. Yes. So anyway, R.I.P. big teak, we love you. Uh, yes. and that is that is it for pop culture diagnosis. That was really fun. Yes. Um uh, Yeah, we're gonna have another fun character to analyze next week. If you guys have suggestions for fictional characters that you want for me to diagnose, hit me up on Twitter at dr underscore imani. Hit Meg up on Instagram at MegScoop and email the show at hello at ImaniStateOfMind.com. And again, if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast apps. We love reading the reviews and it makes me like super hype, Um, (laughs) even when some of y'all be saying that you don't like it, but that's really like nobody, so... (laughs) <laughs> uh, that, so that being said, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's Imani State of Mind. Thank you, as always, Meg, for co-hosting. And we'll be back for an all-new episode to get our minds right next week. This is a Crooked Media production. Our executive producer is Sandy Gerard. Our producer is Leslie Martin. Music from Vasili's Photopolis. Edited by Veronica Simonetti. And special thanks to Brandon Williams, Gabby Leverett, Milani Johnson, and Martin DeGroat for promotional support.